0: Chapter 5 of Look to the Stars This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Look to the Stars by Willard E. Hawkins Chapter 5 Both hurried to the single window, where the wagon trail skirted the base of the rocky hillside. A half-dozen crouching figures came into view, armed with rifles and pistols. They were creeping cautiously up the incline. A single shot from above caused some of the group to drop flat. Others dodged into the brush. There was a movement among the lengthening shadows at left. What goes on? demanded Sally. Gang war? They're not shooting at each other, Marlin asserted, after watching the cautious maneuvers of the two groups. Looks as if they were closing in on someone, sheriff's posse, I guess. Another shot directed their eyes to the rock behind, which the fugitive or fugitives must be hiding. From its concealment, a figure edged into view, there appeared to be only one. Poor devil, sure, is down for, commented Marlin. Must be public enemy number one. To judge by the number in the passy. Look, there he goes. Crouching close to the ground, the overall figure dodged from cover to cover, each fleeting appearance bringing a fusillade of shots from the converging squads. He replied with a couple of bursts from his own weapon, then fell on his stomach behind rack and commenced reloading. Perhaps it was because their experience had prejudiced them against all forces of law. Perhaps it was merely sympathy with the underdog that impelled Sally and Marlin to pull mentally for the fugitive. That's no protection, breathed Sally. They'll have him between a crossfire. Why doesn't he make a dash for it? Where'll he dash? queried Marlon. For answer, Sally opened the door a crack and called sharply. Here! The outlaw glanced desperately over his shoulder. Then, crouching and dodging, he made a zigzag retreat up the hill. A rattle of shots accompanied this daring retreat. It was incredible that such an open target could escape the murderer's bullets coming from all directions. A final spurt and the fugitive fell sprawling across the threshold. Marlin dragged him inside as Sally slammed and bolted the door. Blood sparted from a neck wound and the outlaw clutched at his side, groaning. Than for, thanks, he gasped. You bear The effort at speech ended in a gasp. The sound of running boots on the gravel followed by a peremptory knock, indicated the arrival of the posse. Open up, this is the law, an imperative voice called. Sally tacked at the wounded man. Stole him off, she whispered tensely. I'll get him back inside. With a hopeless gesture, Marlin tried to restrain her. We'll only get ourselves in Dutch. We can't hope to... Her look of scorn checked the protest. Shrugging, he lifted the desperately wounded man and supported him into the tunnel. Once erect, the outlaw seemed able to stumble along by living heavily on the barefooted girl. Marlin closed the door and gave attention to the increasing demands from out in front. He unlatched the swinging window. "What's up?" he demanded. A stocky figure detached itself from the group of twelve or fifteen bunched around the door. You're obstructing the law. Open that door. Easy now, returned Marlin. I'm not obstructing any law. I just want to you know what it's all about. Who are you? Sheriff Bates of Grinnell County. You're harboring an outlaw, the Picaroon kid. Never heard of him. What did he do? Held up a bank, for one thing, snapped the sheriff. Wanted for other jobs and for killing two deputies. You gonna open that door? Sure, I'll open it. Marlin spoke slowly, trying to give Sally time. The poor devil's carcass is full of lead. No danger of his getting away. Withdrawing, Marlin methodically fastened the window, then had an ostentatiously difficult time manipulating the door lock. Cut out that stalling, called the sheriff furiously. Are you gonna open up, or do we smash our way in? Marlin opened the door. With an impatient grunt, the sheriff brushed past him, glaring round uncertainly. Where'd you hide him? The outlaw's gun lay on the floor where it had been dropped in his fall and a trail of blood led across the board floor. The sheriff snatched up the weapon, then crossed the room in a stride, flinging open the inner door. He peered down the tunnel. Some hideout, he commanded. We'll look into this. Come on, man. Marlin moved ahead of them, managing to delay progress by filling his way with extreme caution through the dark passage. Eventually, they emerged on the shelving ledge. Where'd he go? demanded the sheriff, surveying the scene. You know as much as I do. A hasty search of bunkhouses and cookshack was sufficient to show that they were unoccupied. Two or three of the passy discovered a continuation of the blood trail, and they followed it to the descent, which led to the sphere. Marling's anxious eyes caught a glimpse of a bare foot disappearing in the entrance pipe. No one else was in sight. What's that big ball? demanded the sheriff, staring. You've got me. The blood trail led unmistakably toward the sphere. Soon the sheriff was peering curiously through the opening. The kid's inside, all right? Blood smears all down the pipe. "'Somebody climb in after him!' "'The men looked uncertainly at one another. "'It would be a simple matter for any armed person inside "'to put a bullet through the first head that showed itself. "'The sheriff evidently had no relish for the prospect "'and did not care to designate anyone for the job. "'He turned to Marlin. "'You go in there,' he ordered. Tell your buddies they'll save trouble by being reasonable. Tell them to pass the kid out. If they don't, we'll toss a few tear gas bombs inside. You gonna do it? What else can I do? With some forcible assistance from behind, Marlin worked his way down the tube. At the inner edge, hands grasped him by the shoulders and helped him to land on a floor of some kind. You tell him what I said, came the sheriff's voice. No stalling. His eyes and a cast to the darkness. Marlin allowed himself to be guided along some sort of a wooden platform. It slanted at an angle which made walking difficult. The guiding hands proved to be Duchesne's. This is a hell of a mess, the latter breathed. What's to be done? Give up the outlaw. We're trapped in here like rats. Marlin answered. If we don't come through, they'll toss in tear bombs. Can any of you imagine what that would be like in this place? Leave it to that fool Sally, MacGruder said harshly. The girl turned on him with a spiteful retort as an impatient call reached them from outside. Marlin raised his voice. Give me a chance, he bellowed. The words echoed through the hollow interior. It's dark in here. I've got to find them. Haven't I? He dropped his voice to a whisper. How's the wounded Jasper? Pass, Dad, Duchesne informed him. I'll lead you to him. Filling their way, they emerged in a box-like enclosure partly filled with tools. Mo Barstow, holding a feeble flashlight, squatted beside a huddled mass which was evidently the wounded man cradling his head in her lap was Pearl. an accidental shifting of the flashlight beam revealed her tranquil madonna-like smile as she gazed down at the blood-smeared face sorry marlin announced we've got to get rid of this bad bozo how's he doing you ain't gonna move the poor critter, countered Moore fiercely. Protest was futile. Duchesne settled the argument by seizing the shrieking woman and holding her, while Marlin gathered up the unconscious outlaw and felt his way back toward the opening. He was nearly thrown from his feet once as the platform, apparently the whole sphere, gave an unexpected lurch. Where's the place? he demanded, sensing figures in the darkness surrounding. I can't see the light! Sally's laugh reached him shrilly. And what's more, you want? he paused, uncomprehending. Lang's squeaky voice brought the explanation. They can't get us now. McGregor and me levered the pipe out with a board. You oughta see the stuff pour in the full enormity of this was slow in penetrating marlin's mind what's that called duchenne his voice rising in alarm he came stumbling toward them in the darkness now isn't that fine it isn't enough that we're trapped in here but we've got to make the trap foolproof by blocking the only way out Unmindful of the stormy exchange of insults and recriminations that surged around him, Marlin picked his way back to the tall room and deposited his groaning charge at Moe Barstow's feet. Better dress the wounds, he commanded. Where's Eli? Somewhere down there, Mo replied vaguely. Pearly, darling. Help me get this bloody shirt off on the poor dear. End of chapter 5